0: Amino acids and proteins, module number four, special cases in amino acids, histidine, proline, glycine, and cysteine. To begin, histidine, um, it's R group, side chain, um, has a pKa of approximately 6.5, which is very near to the physiological pH of 7.4, and that makes histidine a very useful amino acid to have um, at active sites, present at active sites to stabilize or destabilize substrates because its pKa very closely matches physiological pH. In addition, it's worth noting that when the pH is less than the pKa, the amino acid exists in its protonated form, whereas when the pH is greater than the pKa, the amino acid exists in its deprotonated form. So always just think of it as um, relative to the pKa. When the pH, and when I say pH, I mean the pH of the surrounding environment, when the environment pH is less than the pKa, the amino acid is in its protonated or acidic form. And when the PK, when pH is greater than pKa, the amino acid exists in its deprotonated form or basic form. So that's how I always think of it, is relative to the pKa. So if pH is less than pKa, acid. pH is greater than pKa, base. And think of it in terms of protonated and deprotonated. The second amino acid we're going to work with is called proline. And this is also... um. Its side chain is a little complex. Um, It's basically an alkyl group. And what's special about this amino acid is that its alkyl group side chain actually wraps around itself and attacks its own nitrogen. Remember that amino acids all have an NCC backbone. So the R group on the alpha carbon, the middle C, if you will, in the NCC, attacks the N of the same molecule. So it basically attacks attacks or interacts with itself. We call this a secondary alpha amino group, the, the amine group of this amino acid proline because uh, secondary, because it forms a second bond with the NCC backbone. Recall that the first bond is just the bond to the alpha carbon, right? That, that all amino acids have. The second bond is to the nitrogen. That R group attaches the nitrogen. So in other words, I know I'm getting confusing, the R group for proline is attached to both the N and one of the Cs, the middle Cs from the NCC backbone. So we call this secondary alpha amino group. Secondary because it's a second bond and alpha amino group to tell you where the second bond is formed. It's it's formed between the alpha carbon and the amino group, so hence alpha amino group. So proline has a secondary alpha amino group. The third amino acid we're going to discuss is glycine. And this is really the easiest one. I wanted to put this one at the beginning of this recording, um, but in the interest of keeping it exactly in tune with the Weychan Academy uh, designs that I put at number three, glycine's R group is just an H. It is literally the simplest R group for any amino acid is glycine. So it just has a second H. Recall that the alpha carbon has... The R group, it holds the R group. It's, it's also attached to a carbon on its right and a nitrogen on its left. And to satisfy the octet, naturally, the alpha carbon always has one H. Well, in the case of glycine, its R group is an H. So the alpha carbon has two H's to satisfy that octet. Now, for those of you who are remember from organic chemistry, this glycine, because it has two H's on that carbon, that alpha carbon is no longer chiral. And that's really what makes the, you know, to sum up what makes glycine a special case is it is the single amino acid that is not, it's alpha carbon is not a chiral carbon. And uh, chirality has to do with optical rotation. So glycine lacks optical activity. Uh, in other words, rotation under plane polarized light because it's not a chiral center or a stereocenter. It's worth noting, however, that glycine, that, that alpha carbon as such though is very flexible. It's the, the H is the simplest side chain. And because it only has one H, it's the simplest side chain. It's very flexible and has free rotation. And I wanted to throw that in so you don't confuse free rotation with optical rotation. Optical rotation is of or relating to chirality. Glycine does not have optical rotation, but its its bond, the alpha carbon, is very flexible. Actually, the alpha carbon's bond to the R group is very flexible and has free rotation because it's such a simple chain. The fourth and final special case is cysteine, whose uh, R group contains sulfur making it a thio group it's specifically it's a thiol you already know what that is so i'm not going to go into it and what makes uh, the presence of sulfur is important because remember that sulfur acts a lot like uh, oxygen and behaves a lot like it in that it has uh, two lone pairs in its most stable state, um, and specifically the presence of sulfur, allows for the formation of what are called disulfide bridges. And what this means is when you have two cysteine molecules, okay, so two separate, group, two separate amino acids with sulfur containing uh, R groups, these sulfurs of the neighboring of these two separate molecules can actually interact with each other. When these multiple cysteines are in close proximity, their side chains can form bonds between each other through the sulfur. And that's why I specified at the beginning that cysteine has a thio group, and because it's the presence of that sulfur that makes this entire thing possible. So now the question becomes, well, okay, when do cysteines join together, forming the disulfide bridge as, I've, as is the official term, and when, are they, when do they remain apart? And I'll tell you straight up, they remain separated in reducing environments, and they form disulfide bridges in oxidizing environments. Um, so uh, an easy way to remember that is, or not an easy way, but just to think about it, cysteine actually matches the redox of its environment. So disulfide bridge in oxidizing and uh, uh, no formation of the disulfide bridge in reducing environments. Um, uh, to, spe- to specify, though, um, oxidizing environments are the extracellular space. So, um, whereas reducing environments are the intracellular space. So, in other words, bridges are formed outside of the cell and cysteines remain apart when they're inside the cell. How do we remember that? How do you remember that inside the cell is a reducing environment and outside is an oxidizing environment? Well, remember that the human body, many cells, many or- the cells of many organisms contain what are called antioxidants, antioxidants inside the cell. And that alone kind of tells you that anti, against, or opposing oxidants, so opposing oxidation. So that's how I remember that the intracellular space, or the, the space inside the cell, is a reducing environment because because they contain antioxidants. So all you really need to remember is that the amino acids form bridges in oxidizing environments, environments which is outside the cell or the extracellular space. Uh, one thing before I end is that there um, sometimes you'll see cysteine, spelled with two E's, C-Y-S-T-E-I-N-E, and other times you'll see C-Y-S-T-I-N-E. There is actually a difference between these two. Um, the way I remember it is that the cysteine spelled with an extra E, think of the extra E as electrons. So in the reduced form, cysteine is spelled with two E's, whereas it's in, in its oxidized form, it's only spelled with one E. And I think of that as a reduced form, you have extra electrons, so in the reduced form, you have that extra E.